Good evening and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd and I am joined as always by my buddy Rob. How are you, Rob? Good. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy friggin' New Year. Welcome to 2021, everyone. This is, uh, yes, finally. This is, um, well, I I started season five for us, Rob. I, I called the COVID season was season four and, and we started it when basketball started. So this will be episode four of season five, but it, it feels like a new beginning. Um, yeah. let, let's hope we're headed for more JMU sports in 2021, uh, e- maybe even the spring. So we'll see. But we're really excited to be with everyone. Took a week off last week. Hope everyone was able to uh, celebrate however you were able to celebrate your holidays um, as best you could and that everyone is refreshed and ready for I don't know if I'm refreshed, Rob. I just feel exhausted from last year, but very much ready for very much ready for 2021. Just turning the page. I think that's just the best turning the page. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but hey, Rob, we are back with Mossy Creek this year, so we I wanted- know that is, hey. that is exciting news. Exciting news. Um, haven't finalized everything quite yet, but I think it is fair to say, um, had some really productive conversations in the last week, and Mossy Creek is going to be supporting us again in 2021, and. We're going to work out whatever we can do for the listeners and that kind of thing soon enough. Um, but but just huge thanks to those guys. I, we are so proud, I think, to be associated with them. Like we're so happy to. We just we love the shop. We love what they do. Rob, you love fishing. <laughs> Someday yeah. I'll learn to love it. Right? Fish, fish like don't love me back, but yeah, <laughs> right. And um, I also just they're great guys. But I'm such a big fan of businesses that have some aspect of social responsibility really woven into their DNA. Yeah, and I just uh, I admire the heck out of what those guys do for Project Healing Waters, and to be able to to be associated with such a you know a, a great shop for the community, mm-hmm. um, really for the whole valley. Um, yep. but also one that does so much for veterans in a very real capacity. Um, yes. Really, really proud to, to be involved with those guys. Yeah, uh, we really are. So huge thanks to Brian and Colby and the whole team at Mossy Creek. We'll be uh, more, more news about that as the year goes along uh, in the next few weeks. We'll have a little more to share on that, uh, but really excited about that. And, and we don't know, just like last year, we don't know as far as um, Project Healing Waters and some of the specific events that, that Mossy does. We don't know, <laughs> you know, there's permits and approvals and the VA and everything Crowds else. And everything. Yeah, there's a whole lot of things to worry about. Yeah. So we will we will let you know and 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 um, encourage everyone. And, and hopefully Rob and I can can help support them in some way this year and encourage our folks to do the same uh, when the time comes. So big thanks to them. We are brought to you by Mossy Creek in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the shop anytime. They're mostly open now. So you can go by. It's actually a really good time of year to get in the shop. I did get a chance to talk to Brian a little bit this week. And, uh, you know, um, creeks are up after all the water we've had, but it's cold and there's not much going on. And and they've been so busy through the fall. So right now, you know, post holidays is a really good time to get in there and get all of your outdoor needs from them. So we'll be looking forward to more and more with them coming up. Rob, we are also the other piece of news here. We're Oh, actually, let me switch to the JMU website because I forgot there's an actual countdown here. We're 46 days, 14 hours, 35 minutes, and three seconds away. Oh, from, from kickoff? Opening kick. <laughs> yes, from kickoff. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that that was just a fun thing. We'll see. By the time most of you hear this, it'll be 45 hours or 45 days until football begins. Um, on that note, we're going to start with a few football notes. First, a correction from me. 
uh, Raven Green did injure his shoulder back in December for the Packers. Yes. I think I had talked about him a little bit and, and kind of overlooked that in our last show of the year. Uh, Ravens on IR. It doesn't look like he's going to be back from everything I could track down today and asking around a little bit, um, which is soup. Just a huge bummer. As great as he'd been playing. Yeah, he had really taken a big step right. forward for sure. And the articles I could find in like the Milwaukee papers and stuff were like, dang, we're really going to miss this guy. Like, yeah. yeah, he was a huge player for them. Uh, so rooting for him as always, we, especially hearing what we heard from from Katie Harper and stuff, you know, about how great Raven was to the people around him at JMU. I just, we, we're really going to miss that. But hopefully he comes back. He had certainly become a big part of their team and certainly looks like there's more to come for him. Um, yeah. And I know, I think I, we had talked about, there was some rumors about, I, I think Rashard Davis had gotten a few little mini invites here and there over the last month. He has not, you know, caught on. So we don't expect to see him in the playoffs, but the good news, w- one piece of good news is Dean Marlowe, Rob, two interceptions yeah. this weekend two for a ones. high flying bills team. That is an absolute legitimate Super Bowl threat here. They really uh, are. I mean, they're they starting really, to look like the yeah. kind of team of destiny. <laughs> well, and I thought back, I actually had forgotten that they were the ones who lost on the the, the Hail Arizona Mary. Hail Mary. So, like, they could be 14 and two. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't know if you watched that game. Josh mm-hmm. Allen put together a hell of a two minute drive of his own and just threaded the needle with a, a beautiful pass. It was like, I was like, whoa, this, this is kind of his coming out party to yeah. America to see how good this guy and how accurate he's become. And then it all, you know, with a flash, but then look, six weeks later, yeah. Arizona's sitting at home and the bills kind of just took it on the chin and, and yeah. And then just kept going. Um, I don't know, but it was great. Marlo picking off two or two times. Um, what a moment for, for Dean who, yeah. you know, his guy that starts ahead of him got hurt last week. And he came in in the second half, and, and he's played. I mean, look, he's, he's been a Bill lot, for yeah. a number of years now. Yeah, and I mean, he's a significant special teams contributor for them, and and he certainly plays, you know, in spurts on defense um, and in packages. But this was his, like, you know, he really got a full chance to play this weekend. And, <laughs> I mean, two picks is pretty, pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah that, Although that, one that, of them I think I could have caught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Tua had a... A struggle. It was a struggle for Miami this weekend, but it's insane. Like again, I'll just one more time to talk about how I think Nooch kind of got railroaded by pretty much oh. the American public. Yes. Um, Tua before his injury, people were talking about that guy being like God gifts, God's gift to quarterbacks, or mm-hmm. or God's gift of a quarterback. I don't know. I messed that up, but you know what I'm saying. A brilliantly talented guy who could make all the throws, do all the reads, and look. I mean we've all kind of gotten spoiled the past couple years when we've seen these guys come in as rookies and play well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tua is an amazingly talented guy who had many, many advantages that Nooch did not have. And you still see Tua looking like an absolute deer in the headlights at times. So I'm not knocking him. If anything, I'm talking about, I still think he's got a bright future, but it just watching that and then watching the Cardinals and Rams games with those backups and the way that those guys are struggling when they're kind of, you know, couple of years in professional football backups. Right. I don't know. It just, it got me all riled up again. Like I did too. Everybody Rob. kind of was like, Oh, you, you know, I just thought back to that Sunday night game when yeah. I felt like people online, it was just general mockery. Of just piling stuff. on. Cause yeah, it just, just it, it, it was kind Cowboys of boys and the whole, th- yeah, it, it was really frustrating. Cause I think you're right. I, and every situation is unique. And this year, this COVID year, I mean, come on, like these guys, the rookies, 
and Tua is showing it as much as anyone. Yeah. You know, he didn't have any time he, and he was hurt, right? So he also didn't play any in the preseason. Didn't, there was no preseason and you get spoiled. You watch a guy like Burrow or, you know, Herbert and they come out looking great. But so many of these players, I actually thought it was funny. I mean, even Washington, who we'll get to in a second, I'm sorry, Rob, but like they drafted a kid and they had to bring in Heineke because they don't trust the kid they drafted mainly because he's never played in a game, right? I mean, literally never played in even a preseason game. And so they just don't trust the kid they drafted where the Cowboys got stuck in a no win situation, you know? Well, this whole phenomenon of guys contributing as rookies is relatively recent. Like I was talking to my dad last night Mm -hmm. and he was lamenting the fact that he's like, what happened to Cam Newton? He's like, you know, he, the guy, he's got, you know, the NFL, it, it, my dad attributed to like his body just broke down and his confidence left him. Cause he's like, do you remember that guy as a rookie? He's like, he stepped in as a rookie at a time when you, you thought people took two or three years, almost like as an apprenticeship mm-hmm. and noon came in and he was running guys over. He was enthusiastic. He was making throws like, and that was kind of groundbreaking at the time. Peyton what Manning nice. threw like what 25, 30 interceptions his first year. Yeah, Eli, Troy Aikman was Troy one. Aikman, I mean, like uh, Brady came in kind of, you know, that was a weird situation. But even up until like the playoffs, there was talks about like, are they gonna go back to blood? So like yes. these were not expected to be successful contributors on a week-to-week basis. No. In the NFL 10, 15 years ago. And now it's like, I mean, geez, Haskins could be done. The guy got what eight or 10 starts. I mean, it's just crazy. So the idea, like the fact that again, I'll bring it back to Noosh, like it just bothers me. The situation that he was thrown into, they didn't appear to play to his strengths or anything. And it's like one and done. And I don't know. It just, it, it really seeing to a struggle made me realize like, this is a really, really hard game to play. Yeah. And the one thing I'm hopeful with Noosh and he'll never listen to this, but you know, hang in there. Like just watching Heineke for the, for Washington now, like, and, and you just brought up Haskins, like Haskins might be done, but part of that is self-inflicted. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And, and I'm not, this is not a knock on Nooch, but like being a backup quarterback in the NFL is, is only like 40% about talent, right? Like having a backup quarterback career in the NFL is largely about like being prepared and not being an idiot. (laughs) Like, you know, being a guy that like, doesn't cause any problems, shows up, works hard every day, and is ready when their chance comes to potentially go one and one in a two week stretch when they're really needed. Ooh, right? per- perfect example. Yeah. You know who like, retired today? I, I Matt Schaub. Yes, Matt. I was gonna say Chase. Matt Schaub made, yeah. made $94 million, I believe. I thought <laughs> Matt Schaub retired 10 years ago. I and, definitely didn't know he was still in the league. Now he was yeah, a higher he, pick, but he yeah. was a higher pick, but he kind of flamed out for i mean he had his opportunities he was in houston Mm -hmm. for a while and then he just kind of faded into being a backup qb Mm -hmm. well he's a backup qb who's now set for life and he had he i mean what did he play 10 12 years yeah i had no idea four times like yeah yeah i feel like i'm always kind of need to feel this compulsive need to clarify that i'm not knocking these guys i'm saying that admirably that's a guy who who just kind of put his nose down played a role in team and like yeah, everybody wants to be Joe Montana or Peyton Manning or Gumbry, but you can do pretty damn well for yourself and have a career and set yourself up to do whatever the hell else you want in life. Yes. As, a, as an NFL backup quarterback. Yeah. Um, oh, hundred percent. And I, yeah, I really hope Ben gets another chance. Um, 
somewhere else. And, and yeah. I feel like he's the kind of kid who will stick around and, and will, and will do those things, right. It is, will be prepared. And he just, seems it, to me like a guy who, who could, I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to set the, no, he could have up. a very Heineke esque career actually, or, or maybe a Colt McCoy. Yes. You know, like yes, that's exactly you know, right. You know, like McCoy came in and for the giants this year and helped them beat the beat yep. Seattle. Um, yep. He did admirably in, in Washington, you know, after just kind of getting some weird breaks in Cleveland at a time when, you know, there were no good breaks in Cleveland. There, the, only, the only options get bad breaks. Um, I do think there's there's something to be said for that. You know? Very much so. Very, very, very much so. Um, yeah. So, And maybe he'll surprise us. I mean, he could be another guy who waits two or three years and then gets his opportunity and, you know. Well, you're right about that. Because Three years ago, nobody thought Rogers, Ryan Tannehill. Pat, right, Ryan Rogers, Tannehill. Yeah, Tannehill. Yeah. Yeah, well, the Tannehill, even Josh Allen, right? The Tannehill, yeah. like, but, but yeah, Roger sat, Breeze sat, that older generation all sat, <laughs> you know, before they played. And yeah, that'll be, it is a weird thing that the contract, the salary cap situation and the value of having a quarterback on a rookie deal, like has skewed the position so much that we're like, we have to make an immediate judgment on everyone. Yeah, right. It's a weird one for sure. Um, and, and so we, we brought up Dean Marlowe, we brought up Raven, um, you know, Raven will be a part of that Packers squad. If they were to win the Super Bowl. uh, that would be great. If they were to play the bills in the Super Bowl, that would be awesome. It is fantastic, Rob, that Raven green, Jimmy Moreland and Dean Marlowe all had interceptions this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as we talked about JMU DBU or JMU DBU, JMDBU. Yeah. Um, and I feel bad for, I, I, I'm not here, Rob, too. There's no celebrating in the NFC East, um, but it is pretty cool that when Washington hosts Tampa this weekend, uh, Jimmy Moreland, Josh Wells, and Aaron Stinney will all be on the same field in a NFL playoff game. Um, Cashing those playoff checks. Too. I mean, that is pretty yeah. darn cool. And I looked it up today. You know, Stinney has not seen the field, uh, you know, very much this year, um, but has been on the active roster all year and is listed as the backup left guard uh, on Tampa's depth chart and Josh Wells plays, you know, has played a little bit here and there and is a, you know, longtime veteran of the league, but it, it's certainly possible. We see, you know, two or three of those guys play this weekend. Uh, actually, I was a little disappointed, Rob. I know you weren't, weren't paying attention too much probably, but uh, Jimmy didn't play as much this weekend. They, Washington Fabian Moreau played a little more in the slot than Jimmy. And I was a little, I was a little pissed <laughs> and I'd heard that with Tampa's larger receivers, they may do that again this week. So who knows? But in any case, um, it, it's really cool. I mean, that's not something that that would have been, inc- it would have seemed insane to us, right? We had our one or two players a year when we were coming up that were in the league that we were aware of for like a year or two. But the idea that three guys would play in the same playoff games, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was unheard of. 10 years it's ago. Uh, unheard of. And to have five guys in the playoffs, um, you know, and, and a guy like Dean Marlowe, I mean, maybe playing a significant role on a on a Super Bowl bound team is is awesome. So yeah. just good luck to all those guys. It's so cool. Uh, we, we're having so much fun watching them and we will continue to have fun this weekend, regardless of the tanking required for Jimmy to get in the playoffs. <laughs> so, you know, I, I thought I was as people may or may not know, I'm a giant fan. And I thought what the Eagles did was kind of pathetic, but I'm not outraged about it. I just, I understand the concept. People are like, Oh, well, you know, it happens all the time. Week 17, everybody rests starters. 
wrestling starters is one thing, but just waving the white flag um, to be like, oh, you know, we wanted to give, give him, give him some reps, give him some snaps. You know, it, it just seems so blatant and just, (laughs) it was just gross. But at the end of the day, like, I'm fine. I was I was going back and forth with other Giants fans yesterday after they beat the Cowboys. Y'all have the tenth pick in the draft or whatever. Yes, yes. Like- I, was like, I was like, you know what? I, I'm never going to root for Washington or Philadelphia in any situation. Right. But I was like, my my ideal outcome might have been exactly what happened. The yeah, Giants you got to feel win. like you're on the up. Out, yeah, they go out on a high note, right. and they don't need to suffer the embarrassment of a potential blowout i don't need to go through the personal angst of <laughs> having tom brady get revenge against the franchise <laughs> and and they got the 11th pick like i mean i'm sure yeah. you're excited as a washington fan oh but, i'm thrilled but as a as a giants fan i gotta tell you i'm also a little bit like ooh, if they win a game they drop six more spots you know correct like, correct it, it's you, yeah. you can't take, you know, flags fly forever, banners fly forever. Or anything. Right. Eh. But Washington's a team deeply in need of a quarterback. Every win they have could really jeopardize the future. And the, yeah. the defense is going to be the, the anchor of that team. That defense is tremendous. Yeah. Um, but it is a little bit weird. If you're looking at, hmm, could you potentially have, you know, a real franchise quarterback uh, in a pretty good quarterback class? Or are you just rolling the dice and hoping you get, you know, a second rounder? I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's no, it's interesting. It's just an interesting. No, it is. It, me it, personally, it, I, I'd rather have the pick than to go lose one game. And, well, now, Rob, I don't know how your boys felt, but like as the older we get, the more you were aware of like if you're you're a reasonable Giants fan in the sense that you know it sucked. What happened with Philly sucked, right? The way that went down, it was, waiting till the fourth quarter to do that sucked. But the Giants won six games. Like they were they were nine and seven and the other team was ten and six, and then that's what screwed them. You know, like, no, they're, not, like okay. they're not a playoff team. No, no, right. I like right. and even like I don't know. I, I thought it to be kind of particularly rich when Washington fans were like, Oh, you know, you should have yeah. no, no, no. well Washington finished one game ahead because the other team completely tanked and New York beat them twice. Like I don't, neither team's really a playoff team. Um, you could make the argument that Washington at least is peaking at the right time. The Giants are not. Like, I, it's like there's part of me too. Like, it, it might. It's like if if JMU won the CAA tournament in a year when they finished tenth in the CAA, is that something to celebrate or is that almost a little bit cringeworthy and embarrassing? We always right. We have yeah, our own reservations about the 2013. Yeah, like Damian Men's Hoops team who won in a seven-team CAA tournament. (laughs) Kind of puts you on the defensive. So from that aspect, like I didn't want to deal with the, hey, they won six games and dropped 11 positions in the draft and whatever. No, and I I felt like, I mean, for me as a Washington fan, I I felt like, I mean, A, I'm just, I'm happy for Rivera and Smith, right, that who have had, while you know just great players. and and, 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 and solid citizens yeah and i think what you said i the washington defense of the eight offensive and defensive units in the division was probably the closest thing to a to a playoff in, caliber intact unit. playoff caliber unit in the division right so if they semi earned it maybe i don't know <laughs> like well, it's, it's also like it, the giants i'm not trying to sound like no. a prick here while the giants have been pathetic for the past five years We've got a couple recent Super Bowls of like yes. our generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Washington, oh, yeah. you're going back to when we, you know, 
we were kids. And honestly, I, I'm a happier with this playoff run. I was thinking about today, Rob. So for me, the 99-2000 season, the last time, well, it would be two Tampa Bay games ago for Washington. So but I don't even remember. I think that might have been the Norv team. The last of the Norv. Yeah, the Brad Johnson teams. Those. That's the last time for me that I was feeling positive even going into this. Like both of the Gibbs runs were ridiculous. Like, like not, I mean, they were fun, but the, you didn't feel like they were going to win in the Super Bowl and be sustainable into the next year. It was like Jordan with and, the Wizards. Right. And by the RG3 year, which was, you know, that was a really exciting and at the, you know, pre injury seemingly sustainable, or, or at least you had some hope. But by the time they got to the playoffs, that was when the whole injury thing was, that was it became like it was already forward. going. It became like an inevitable disaster. Right. Yeah. And yeah. So this is actually the best I felt in terms of like, OK, they're going to the playoffs and maybe they'll be OK next year. Right? <laughs> like, like maybe this is somewhat sustainable. I also got to say this is the first time I've been at all worried about Washington as a franchise. And that's purely because. Chase Young, seeing the way that he has kind of stepped up and taken over the yeah. leadership role is really frightening. I mean, he's a scary player, but if he's confident and it becomes his team, yeah. that's that's scary. You know, the NFL is a weird league, league, right? Just like college, if you have one unit who is the best one, that can carry you a long way. And you can pressure the quarterback. Line, like, yeah. is, you know, the, that's the whole reason they're playing still. So, yeah, yeah uh, this, it'll be fun. Yeah, we're boring people with, with talk of the worst professional division in any of the major sports right now. Yes, but don't think we won't be enjoying watching Jimmy, Josh, and Aaron taking a picture together um, on Saturday night yeah. in the playoffs. So that's going to be great. Good luck to all the Dukes. Uh, really excited for that. Rob, any? do you have any, any thought on um, Ohio State, Alabama? Oh, I, we I just – I mean – Todd and I actually took this offline and both were texting furiously and agreed to kind of stay off Twitter. The targeting thing is such a ridiculous <laughs> debacle. And I'm sure there's like half the people right now being like, yeah, you tell them guys, terrible call. No, no. Perfect call. Letter of the law. The fact that people still do not understand what targeting is. I am a football idiot in the grand scheme of things, but this was letter of the law. People have gotten themselves so wrapped around the axle equating targeting with dirty hit yeah it's not it was not it never will be about a dirty hit if you lead with the crown and you make contact with your head first it is targeting that was the most blatant example i've ever seen of the rule being in place to protect both the hitter and hit e yes he had his eyes on the ground and he was billy goading the dude i mean it was terrifying and i i say that like my senior year of high school we had a guy break his neck in football mm-hmm. from something like that mm-hmm. he was the ball carrier he mm-hmm. lowered his head eyes on the ground speared a guy in the chest broke his neck halo you know for six months it was terrifying and then the guy who was the backup running back was my lacrosse teammate and he got hit in the spring in a game. Same sort of thing. He was in the face-off, and a guy, we were playing St. Albans, guy came and hit him, 
hit him right in the head, and they came out, drove the damn ambulance on the field. It is a terrifying thing. That rule is not about like taking the the toughness out of the game of football. It is purely because of concussions and because of potential trap, you know. Yeah, neck and back injuries. Neck and back injuries. And everybody's being like, oh, that's such a soft thing. What's he supposed to do? You know, he was just ready to make the hit and and the guy just spun into him. He wasn't ready to make the hit. He was head, he was eyes were on the so he ground. He put his head down. Down. Like his it, eyes down and went right into him. It's not one of those situations like if somebody's, you know, leading head up, eyes forward, and a dude slides and they slam oh, together. It's so frustrating. Totally, the, watching totally the game the other night, there's one where like the quarterback, especially now, like guy like Jalen Hurts, you know, he's running, you're running to try to tackle him, and then at the I last second right. he slides and you're already in the tackle. Like yeah. that's hard to deal with. But this was I think, Rob, people have gotten confused. You and I started talking immediately when the play happened in the Clemson game. I think people have gotten confused because we're so focused on helmet to helmet. Yes. That they forget that there was there used to be a penalty called spearing. Spearing. Right. And that was just like old school personal foul. Now, the problem was, you know, we didn't really eject anybody back in the day. So the penalty was not so severe when maybe the guy really wasn't intending to do helmet to helmet. You know, I mean, but it's still it was just always a call. And, and also, I'm sorry, if you're the Polish named kid with the giant neck brace thing, like yeah. middle linebacker and the truck in the semifinal has a highlight package queued up of your previous obje- ejections. They're looking for you. They're like, looking for like you. You've given up the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Like, like, I just imagine that the Clemson training staff is like. Who is this big dumb animal that we have to give this carbon fiber neck thing to? Like, he himself, like, and it might have been the PR staff. Although, given that it's Clemson, I don't even know if they have one. Right. Um, he 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 kind of tweeted the white flag, like, "Hey, bad technique." It's on yeah. me again before. Like it was, oh, it it sucks was for him, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not blasting. He wasn't trying to do anything dirty. But no, no. Trying to make. like it isn't about a vicious hit or taking somebody's guy's head off or, or a concussion. It's a basic rule. It's like if you pick up the ball and run down the court in basketball, yeah. you can't like claim there that. wasn't intent. Like it's it's just the rule. Like right. that's, it is what it is. Um, well, unless you're LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, that was true. Oh my gosh! Like that was. I, I'm glad you had the same reaction as me because I got on Twitter and like plenty of smart people. Well, that was our frustration was that it wasn't just our like meathead friends that we expected. Like, oh, like, yeah, no, it was day. like some people who are ten- traditionally very like sensitive about these things were like. That wasn't targeting, you know. And we're like, yes, it was. It, <laughs> it was. definitely was. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't even remotely controversial. In fact, I don't think the player he was less pissed off than he was last year when he got kicked out of the championship game. Yeah, well, like because it it was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like I look on the replay and there it is. But well, bringing it back like to JMU, no. remember Dean Marlowe's senior year? He uh, absolutely, it was a nightmare. That's what I was and, just. And there were just a lot of like bang bang plays where it's like. Guys bent down into him and made, and there was helmet, helmet, helmet contact. And you're like, yeah, but he didn't initiate it. Why is he the one penalized? That is totally different. I get the confusion of that. And I don't know what the solution is. I mean, I don't, do you, I don't say you eject both players, but why are you just blaming the defense? If it's that, that is a completely separate thing than just like, I'm going to look at the ground and go like a bull in a china shop and leap at the front of you know the the top of my head like I just I couldn't believe and it's hard right I mean just like it, you don't get to be the star linebacker for Clemson or Dean Marlowe and go on to a you know be the star linebacker for JMU or star defensive back for JMU by 
you're going to be involved in contact plays. It's going to happen. Yeah, like it's going to happen sooner or later. And and part of what makes those guys so good is their aggressiveness, you know, yeah. and their willingness to be vulnerable, you know, and and, you and got, you got to get your over answer. the line dangerous, right? Yeah, this you is your and, and that's look, yeah. It was yeah, that was the actual part of the video that all the kids who play youth football now watch. That's like, this is what not to do. Yeah. <laughs> right. The heads up video. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah, that, that was to me like, it just, it's, it's a no brainer. Yeah. So, uh, oh, well, I, I, yeah, Rob, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of OSU. I, I guess I'll, you know, I guess I'll watch on Monday. I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I mean, you know, not, not don't ever really particularly root for either of these teams. Um, I have to say I have enjoyed the Alabama receivers quite a bit. So um, I, yeah, and I don't like Bama. Yeah. At, at all. Uh, yeah. But I'm rooting for Bama in a big way. I am too. Yeah. 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 I, I actually, I, I really admire Saban in an odd, in an odd way. And I just, how can you not enjoy watching Devonta Smith play football? That's how. Yeah. Oh, any, every team in the league is going to be like, I want that guy. Like yeah, he'd be so not. fun to yeah, have on your team. He's yeah. So good. He's so good. I hope he wants I don't know if he'll last because he weighs like 145 pounds. Exactly. It's it's amazing to watch. So well, moving over to hoops for a second, Rob. We did want to talk um you know, well, I guess we'll talk about men in a second, but we're both pretty excited about the women's comeback yesterday, right? Oh, beyond excited. Like I was yeah. getting really worried, but to come from fifteen down in the second half. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like one of those I guess anytime you come 15 down, it's amazing. And it hats yeah. off to you. But to come back and really have a situation where you're still fighting at the very end, and have, mm-hmm. I thought it was just a huge, huge, you know, way to, to good start or whatever. Say yeah. a lot about the team. After dealing with two pretty bad or pretty tough losses, I won't say bad losses, but pretty, you know, lopsided losses to a couple of good teams in West Virginia and Maryland. And then having that long break, too. Long break. And you're dealing with that, and then you got oh this this Towson team, which was very big and athletic team, a lot of talent in its own right, and then to fall down early, it was you started to worry like oh my gosh, is this a pattern here? Like is there something just wrong with the women where they're just going to fall apart in the first half and let games get out of them? But to see Kiki come back, what she have sixteen points, sixteen and four in the fourth, she tied Towson, who scored sixteen in the fourth, yeah, and she scored sixteen, so yeah, they won eighty nine eighty five. Um, at home yesterday they're actually going to Towson tomorrow afternoon so when a lot of people might might listen to this um, before they host a series and that is accurate they're hosting a series <laughs> which we can now start getting used to this weekend against UNC Wilmington hopefully at home um, Rob yeah they made shots team yeah. shot 45 percent from the field uh, they shot 90 percent from the free throw line which has to make a coach has to make coach O feel you know as good as he can coach, um, coach I would like those numbers yeah. Um, and the other thing, Rob, I mean, Kiki obviously took over in the fourth, but they've had great play from Peyton McDaniel and she they had another good. freshman in this game. Uh, the Steph, what is it? Steph Odenkirk yeah. had went three for four from three in yeah. this game. Like, you know, that's odd. I mean, that says a lot about the next two, three years for this program, which is what we keep talking about. And I don't, we don't mean to overlook this season, um, but as wild and, unpredictable as this season is going to be for every team in the country. I, I don't know. It, yeah, no, I think that's great hard to make points, you know, Towson's a talented team. So anytime you can rally from 15 points down to anybody, 
Yeah. Good. But against a good Towson team, okay, that adds an extra little layer of a reason to be excited. But then the fact that you're doing it with pretty much, you know, being led by freshmen and sophomores, that's just another reason. Like, it's a very, very encouraging start to the season. And we'll see how things go tomorrow night. It's going to be weird to see how these back-to-backs go. We saw some, you know, I know with the men, there were some splits over the weekend and you got to expect that. But I don't know if you can get out here, if you start sweeping a couple of these things and these girls are getting confidence, the sky is the limit for this roster. That's what I keep thinking. I'm like, give Coach O more time, you know, more games to build on the defensive end of the court Mm -hmm. because the offense on this team has sky high potential. Yeah. I mean, they have four or five players who are really capable, uh, you know, uh, of really like 15 plus point performances on any given night. And that's not something that has been the case all the time at JMU and, and isn't the case for really college programs anywhere very often. No, but yeah, I mean, the group they have is tough. I mean, they, yeah, it's really, really, exciting their offensive potential so if they can just improve on the other end i just feel like they have a yeah really high ceiling with this team uh yeah so it's it's exciting they they like we said they're hosting this weekend uh two o'clock both days I think there are some limited tickets for duke club members on saturday and sunday for the unc wilmington series um so that we'll see what happens with the women rob on the other side the men lost to morgan state I don't know what to say. Uh, Towson had to cancel the series. They didn't play at Towson yesterday. They will not play at home against Towson tomorrow because of COVID. They will play Florida Atlantic tomorrow in place of Towson. They lost to Morgan State. It's their second loss to a MEAC team, which is frustrating, particularly when they collapsed in a game that they led. I don't want to say they led comfortably, but you know, it seemed like they had control of the game for 75% of it. It wasn't it was never hugely, but they kind of led throughout. Yeah. Uh, the free throw shooting and the turnovers are, you can't build a winning program if you can't knock down your threes and you turn it over in the high teens. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm frustrated. There's no way to rationalize this. And if we tried to do that, we'd be kind of apologist and mm-hmm. we'd probably take shots and deservedly so. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, this year is just so bizarre. I, I'm, it's so I'm not, bizarre. I'm not. I'm not excited. I'm very disappointed in yesterday's result. I'm very disappointed that you know now Morgan State has beaten two CAA teams but lost to an NIAA team. Like this is not good for JMU. This is not good for the CAA. With Delaware also losing to Morgan State. But I'm kind of treating this whole thing as a little bit of a of a preseason for next year with, with the new coach trying to implement a new system, get new guys in there. Uh, I'm not excited about the the losses. I'm not going to write them off, but I'm also not going to hit the panic button. Um, we, we need to be kind of patient as a fan base. This, this program in general, we can talk about 2013 and that was mm-hmm. really fun. And Brady had a couple 21 seasons, but this program has nothing to hang its hat on for the past 27 years. Um, right. We can't freak out over a rough start to the buying timber. I still support the guy. I, I'm not panicking, being like, oh no, here we go again. I know people are saying, oh, same old Dukes. Yeah, it is frustrating. It, it absolutely stinks because we've seen so many of these losses, these type of losses 
over the mm-hmm. past 15 years. We've seen the type, so many type of every loss over the past 15, 20 years. It has been an underachieving program. So it stinks, but like I'm, I'm not panicking. I'm annoyed. I was expecting mm-hmm. more, but I will be panicking if we're having this conversation two seasons from now. Um, I, I might even be panicking, or not panicking, but extremely concerned if JMU is losing to multiple MEAC teams next year with the benefit of a full preseason and consistent practices and no breaks. Um, I know Morgan State's dealing with them too. It, it's mm-hmm. not, but like, it's annoying, it's frustrating, but this is going to take a while. This is a significant rebuild that JMU yeah. needs to go through. And, and yeah. To expect the rebuild to happen in a COVID year, mm, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we could just as easily be overexcited if they're stringing together wins against teams that were coming off breaks. And like, I, I think we need to take the long view here. And, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. I'm excited about Strickland. I'm excited about Hodge. There's clearly issues with the way people are playing together, evidenced by the turnovers. Um, there's still some situations where like, what is this team? You know, why, why is, mm-hmm. do we have any bangers down low? And um, Michael Christmas, I, I don't know what his role is. I think it's very encouraging that he appears to be developing a three point shot as a weapon, but I also kind of liked him being a little bit physical last year. I, I don't want to lose that. Um, so, and I think these are things, I don't think any of this is set in stone, but again, I'm just, I'm trying to take the long view and see like, are we starting to put together a system that we can recognize an offensive system, better defense. Uh, is that happening like in March versus that, that to me is more important than freaking out over what is just, we got to say it a bad loss. A yeah. bad loss yesterday. It's a bad loss, but I don't know what to make of it. Right. You haven't played in a couple of weeks and then you're supposed to play Towson in your conference opener and you're not playing. T- I don't, just, it's an I don't know. You need to make excuses. This is like a I, storming tour. It is. And I, I saw coach Byington was trying to, you know, I felt like he was still trying to be optimistic um, in some of the post game stuff we've seen in, in the interview today. You know, he, I don't know what you, I don't know what you say, really. And and then the other thing, Rob, was uh, Matt Lewis did have 21 points to move to third place on the all time JMU scoring list. And this is the kind of thing that like gets lost in these years. And as a couple of guys who have watched a number of players careers be overlooked along the way. Um, you know, I don't want to overlook that. And, and now I, I looked at, they, they, JMU put out a thing about, you know, this is great. Matt Lewis moved in third time, third all time. And he's 250 points behind Sherman Dillard for second on the all time list. And I thought to myself, I, I actually started doing the math and I'm like, well, he's, it sucks. Cause in a normal season, he'd probably be the second leading scorer in JMU history. Yeah. And he stayed for four years and really cared about the program and played through some trying years and, and he's not going to probably get the chance to score 250 more points in 2020 when he would have easily scored 400 more points in like a regular season. Right. And they're just not going to play enough games for him to probably, I, I don't know. I mean, I hope they do. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. I hope they do, but it just, um, you know, I also don't want to overlook th- that kind of accomplishment. And, and I, it was a reminder for me, not just in men's basketball, but across the board. And it, and it made me think back to the women's team last year. You know, we as fans and as supporters of JMU need to do a, we need to really take our time and be thoughtful as best we can in the next 
two years, two, three years, as we start looking back on what did the 2019, 2020, 2021 group mean and what is their place? You know, there's going to be guys who aren't going to make it, you know, guys and girls who aren't going to make it onto the all-time history books, right? In the top Mm -hmm. 10 or the top five. Like you and I look back at those when we do football stuff all the time. And I, I'm always, you know, we talked about Greg Maddox, my, my buddy, you know, still being in the, in the list on a couple of those things. And to think if you just, if you played five games instead of 11, or if you played 11 games instead of 25, like, what is that? I don't know. Those are huge things. And I think we just need to be as mad as we can get at the, the big picture of like, are we winning? Are we losing to MEAC teams? Are we, is Byington doing it? Who knows? And, and like you said, if they were winning, like there's going to be coaches who won in 2020 as new coaches who everyone's like, oh, they're great. And three years from now, we're going to look back and be like, that was a terrible decision. Yeah, that was <laughs> right. And there's going to be programs who like struggled their behinds off this year, who we look back three years from now and we're like, why did we, why did we try to like make up a narrative about them Every pile on. in yeah. 2020 right yeah exactly and and i just uh, we all have to kind of like think about this in the big picture i think this year in that way and hopefully just i don't know what to say we're frustrated lewis, lewis yeah. in particular is an interesting case because he seems like he's the most nitpick really talented jamie basketball player for the so it's almost like he's paying for the sins of, of the program's history he is he is big he time freshman year and he took on the major point guard responsibilities. Yep. He did a really good job. He had a positive assist turnover ratio, and people would like kind of be like, "Oh, well, his shot selection is super." He didn't play point guard in high school, nope. and people were like, "Oh, no, like uh, you know, he he's not really that great of college point guard." Well, he wasn't a high school point guard, right. and he learned a new position in a program that was struggling, and the program continued to struggle. And so he was put in a situation where we, mm-hmm. you know, other guys were brought in and with you know transfers and everybody thought Lou Rowe thought these guys are going to carry the load and they didn't and Lewis had to bear the burden of the offense and it's like fans resenting him for that everybody tries to have these caveats like well he shouldn't really be in the top five because he just you know was a high <laughs> volume shooter on bad teams and it's like yeah he was a high volume shooter but it's also like he was the only guy you had to worry about some nights if you're the opposing team's defense. Um, that performance he did against Hofstra, was it last year or the year before? Like, mm-hmm. it, it just goes both ways. And I feel like people are always looking for ways to knock him and act like he's some sort of problem, Jamie Basketball, when the guy could have transferred any offseason of his career to yeah. a better program. Yep. and. By a better program, I mean almost any program in the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It was not like we're not talking. You don't need to go to Duke to be a better program from JMU the past couple of years. Right. You could go to any one of a number of mid majors where you're going to get, you know, mm-hmm. more shine. You're going to be part of maybe going to NCAA tournament. I just it it bothers me that people really seem to look for ways to knock this guy. Right. Um, I, I go the other way. I applaud him. And like I, I don't blame. I mean, some of the guys, Charles Cook. I loved watching play. It was a bit to me. Lewis, That's Lewis, what I was thinking. Of. You know, it's like a good comparison. Yep. I still cheered for Cook at Dayton. I was proud of him. I still thought he cared. But he took a situation where he was in. I mean, honestly, probably a brighter situation than Lewis was, and he decided it's better for me personally to go to a program where I can, you know, have a little more stability or 
you know, better options, more visibility. And Lewis went the other way. And it's like people continue to just try to find ways to pick at his game. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, nobody's going to say he's the greatest JMU basketball player ever, or probably even in the running because of all the other stuff and the lack of success that the program has had, mm-hmm. despite his, his great talent. But I cheer for the guy hard. I really enjoy watching him play. I think he's a really good basketball player. And I just admire him for sticking with JMU when it, we're at a time when most people don't don't play through hard times. Nope. And that's just the way we are. It's just, for, particularly this year, you can get a waiver now for pretty much anything. Um, I mean, look, this is the absolute reason that you and I, that so many JMU fans, the reason we all have such a reverence for Jimmy Moreland. Yeah. Right. Is he stayed right. And he stayed when everything else around him fell apart, you Mm -hmm. know, some of his own doing and some of others, but he stayed anyways. And that's what, you know, he went on to have great success at JMU and that helps a lot, but, but that's the kind of thing you're talking about. And I, yeah, I just, same thing. And and I wonder with Lewis, I mean, he's always been kind of a, a tweener for JMU in in terms of position. And maybe if he'd been at a, at a more established program that was more consistent, they would have just locked him in and he would have learned a skill set and stayed there. And I'm certainly left to wonder, you know, I have my UNCG ties. There's a guy named Kyle Hines who's still playing in Europe, like 15 years later, who's the now largely looked back on as the best UNCG player ever. He's won like two EuroLeague titles and, you know, played everywhere in the world. He's awesome. But I don't know that he was appreciated in the time quite the same way. And that's what I wonder about Lewis. Like, is he actually going to be a better pro somewhere? (laughs) It doesn't mean he's going to the NBA. Right. But I don't know. It's just a weird thing. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm glad he's still here and I'll be rooting for this team all the way through. And as much as they, it frustrates me games like the other day, whatever, like let's get in the CAA tournament and see what happens. If we, if we make it to February, (laughs) Let's let's see what let's see where things are then. There's no power team. There's no, no there's no power team. Oh, and then one last thing on Morgan State, Rob. I don't know if you noticed that Morgan State is coached by Kevin Brodus, who um it's only interesting because he follows uh Todd Bozeman at Morgan State. Really? So they are they're really committed to the bit <laughs> of of rehabbing serious NCAA violations coaches. <laughs> Kevin Brodus was the Binghamton coach that one year they had like a great run and then immediately the NCAA like shut the whole program down. And yeah, he's been at like Maryland and all over the place around then since then. Like, I don't know. I just, it made me laugh that I'm like, how did Kevin Brodus replace Todd Bozeman? <laughs> like, who, who had like a, I think Todd Bozeman was not allowed to coach for five years. He wasn't he the cow coach, and then like they like super super show cause. Yeah, super show cause, and then Morgan State was the only team to give him a chance, and then they replaced him with Kevin Brodus. I was like, really? Wow, that's commitment. So, anyways, I just enjoyed that little nerd college basketball fact. But, anyways, let's all remember these and, and keep cheering on the Dukes. So hopefully, the women will sweep the series against UNCW this weekend. Take care of business. Uh, Rob, on overtime, I know we got a good one to get to. I, I did enjoy that we got a comment about uh, someone wanted to know who our favorite uh, photo player was. I, I forget. This is the Dart League. That some, that oh, somehow, I thought they said our favorite online Dart League. And I was like, well, yeah. I, I'm only aware of one. There's only one that I follow. 
So our absolute favorite player was in the level A B playoffs tonight. Um, at while we were recording this, so we did not get a chance to, to watch Chad Reap, uh, also known as Bud the Chud, play in a league. Um, we're aware that the surgeon and the red rascal also have JMU connections, but yes. come on, Bud the Chud is our guy, and he was in the A B playoffs, not the B playoffs or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, losers bracket. No, whatever. I don't. I don't. I have no idea. Um. If you're interested in streaming online darts, there's a number of JMU connections in the yes. FODL. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Zach. Um, our last – yeah, so, Rob, what, what we do have a good overtime tonight. Yeah. Do you, I don't yeah. even have it ahead of me, but I, I believe – who was it, from Pim? Yeah, from Pim Yeager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pim Yeager said, you know, it, looking back 20 years from now, what are the good things you're going to highlight when when telling your grandkids, you know, the the – proverbial oh when you're 2020 story like yeah what do you tell the good things about 2020 in the quarantine and i actually thought that was really good like i love reading these year-end lists and you know best shows and best books and i maybe i just missed it but it seemed like there wasn't as much of that and there's more just like oh f you 2020 let's get over it so yeah be a little positive and not everything is doom and gloom so let's talk about some things and we'll just leave it very general um, we did not do any prep for this whatsoever, other than reading the tweet and texting it to each other. So what are some things that that you will remember fondly from 2020? Mm. I, I definitely will remember not having a schedule um, mm-hmm. in quite the way. And we noticed this at our house in December. Um, usually December is like one of the busiest months of the year. And we actually made we actually made these glasses this Chris, you may get one someday, Rob, but <laughs> we, we made these uh, glasses out of wine bottles and they're like etched glasses for a number of our friends um, this year. It was kind of the, it was the Bryce logo, you know, Rob. Oh, cool. and, yeah. And it was very, it was really cool. And it's probably something we wouldn't have had time to do in any other December, you know, like just, it was a process, right? You have to buy this glass cutter and they have to sand everything with a palm sander. And then it, it's just, it just takes time. There's no like way around it. Um, so I, I think not having that like super schedule was one. Um, and, and therefore like, I don't know the, the other ways you, I, I don't know that we'll ever do that again, you know, because of something like this, like, and the, it was like one of the cooler things we've ever given. So. Yeah. I think that's like, for yeah. me, it's kind of generally trying to live more in the moment and mm-hmm. take advantage of those opportunities to to do things differently. Mm-hmm. And for me, I mean, it sounds cliched, and I feel like every parent's going to say this, but it really was neat spending more time with my kids. And virtual learning, people don't, it wasn't great. We had our meltdowns like everybody else, but it is not the complete hellscape that some people make it out to. We had complete meltdowns we had times where people are freaking out and you can't do anything but we also had a lot of good days where i was home my wife was home the kids were home obviously and i don't know i mean i'm not gonna have a lot of opportunities probably the rest of my life to go play horse with the kids at 11 30 during lunchtime for an hour and things like that like i got a lot of good good memories there i played so much catch i i fear i'm gonna have tommy john in this quarantine <laughs> on yeah. But again, like that's pretty fun. Um, I kind of rediscovered bike riding and not in a serious way. I'm not, but I, I've kind of polished off an old mountain bike, converted it to a single speed 
and that became my my release. And like mm-hmm. I'd get stressed out or I'd get sick of calls and I'd schedule time in the middle of the day or I would take calls from my bike. Mm-hmm. And it really was a, a positive way to kind of channel some of my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was peaking some days. Um, mm-hmm. I got a portable speaker. I'd get a backpack, fill up my water bottles in the backpack, some snacks, and I'd clip the portable speaker to it. Mm-hmm. And I would just go ride for an hour or two. Yep. Um, so stuff like that. I listen to a lot more music. Uh-huh. I'm in an office setting where due to various things, I've, I've never really had a job where I've been able to listen to music during the day. And obviously the best year I was able to. So I listened to way more music mm-hmm. than I have recently. And I was I more appreciative of that music. Than- appreciative. Um, yeah. I dug into some, I went way deep on a whole bunch of like, I listen to more grateful dead than I ever yeah. have. Um, Even Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. But there was a lot of really good music this year. So like I did a lot of that. Like I got very into the grateful dead. I started discovering some new bands that I had missed or new artists I'd missed who are not, they're new to me. They were not new, but like Ray La Montagna, um, uh, the old 97s, like bands that just, I'd always knew, Hey, I want to check them out, but I'd never had time for it. I got mm-hmm. that. And then just a lot of the releases last year were amazing. I thought that Fiona Apple album yeah. was amazing. That Waxahachie was yeah. kind you of got me got going me through on the first two or three months. Um, I love the Sergio Simpson bluegrass albums. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift, both yep. albums were amazing. Well, I was going to say, it was also fun, like whenever there was a, I was going to say with Taylor Swift albums, like it was fun that you and I, I don't know, we wouldn't have had time to sit and fully I wouldn't have listened to it. We wouldn't have stopped and like fully embraced the like weird, you know, 24 year old moment of that in the way that we did this year. But we we were sitting at home working on, like working online and we had time to like fully enjoy that. No, it's awesome. Yeah. To the point where we were like joking, not like unironically excited the night before the the night before when she announced the last one. Yeah. Here at Christmas time. Yeah, exactly. That was just neat. Like I felt like certain things that, might have gotten lost in the shelf. I was a little more attuned to. Um, and then some of the, I, I'm a big TV guy. As mm-hmm. you know, there were some fantastic TV this year. Um, I don't know if you watched the Queen's Gambit. I did. It was my favorite I, thing we watched this year. I yeah. love that. Um, I just finished Ted Lasso last night. Uh, I'm jealous. Yeah. That's amazing. We got a free year of Apple TV. Nice. And I'd been kind of on the lookout. We were going to kind of play with our different streaming services and do Apple specifically for that. It is very, up, very good thing to watch mm-hmm. during this pandemic. It's very uplifting. It's funny. It's poignant. It's got a lot of heart. I really, and, and I waited yeah. so long that I was worried it was going to be like, womp, womp, you know, but I really enjoyed it. I'd highly recommend it. I want to get there. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else I'm, in terms of other TV shows. I Well, I had never watched the queen till this year. Oh, and yeah, I got I caught it. up. Love that. We were really into that here and and so got to watch that. Um I I actually have to confess we've been watching Bridgerton over the holidays. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've um we watched, I don't know if I'm gonna make it through, but <laughs> yes, yeah, I And I think I told you I, I read the full um Brandon Sanderson's The Stormlight Archive. There's four books out now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the nerds out there, really enjoyed that. Uh Attended my first uh, con this year, <laughs> the um, Wheel of Time Spoilers Convention, because it was online, and I probably never would have done that yeah. in real life. Like you know, so yeah, there were. I it's so hard because everyone's had such a hard time, and I and Rob, I think the hardest thing for me today was I was thinking about 
Um, you know, I got, I got married, right? I mean, like well, that, that was the highlight. I wasn't going to use was, that. One, but. No, no. I mean, that was obviously the highlight, but you weren't here. Yeah. And I, 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 in some ways it's become, that was a really special event for me because it was so small. And so it almost makes it more unique. Yes, it was more unique. And there were some people involved that that will always be something incredibly special with the very, you know, incredibly small group that was involved. But at the same time, I haven't seen you. I haven't seen Nelly, like, you know, or I mean, I've seen you a couple times, but you know, we have not gotten a chance to share some of those things. And that's really, really hard. Adrik and Rich, we, we talked a couple weeks ago and Bernie, it's, it's just, that's a hard, that's a hard part of it. I mean, in some ways I'm saying like, Oh, it was so great not having a schedule because I got to know some people better. Or I, I, I did really, you know, in our house, we really thought about Christmas and everybody was very, very thoughtful leading up to it. So we could try to, you know, see family a little bit. Um, but at, at the same time, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's, it, there were, there were definite good things. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad. I think I said way back at the beginning, I bought an Xbox. I hardly ever played it. So I'm glad I did not become a video game person again this year. Yeah, I I got Tony Hawk Pro Skater too, and I got really into it for a couple of weeks. And I found I don't know if it's just you need to like fight through it or, or build up the muscles, but like my hands hurt after playing for like 30 minutes. Right, and I can't. I just can't do it. It's also very hard. Everybody talks about how that game's easy. I'm like the world's <laughs> worst video game player. So I brought. I hadn't played in about a month or two. And I was playing it over the weekend. It's we play a little bit, but the Xbox in my house is basically James playing NBA 2K and. He's got some baseball game and football games, and he just plays for hours on end. And the rest. Oh, I did do that, Pim. Rob, you brought up your boys. Like I went to my nephew's little league games this fall. Like I went to every game because I had nothing else on the calendar, and that was the highlight of my sports fan year. Was the Falls Church Little League? uh, What were there? What did the Wolves? Because they couldn't be the White Nats. So. It could be the white nationals. So yeah, I mean, I, that was, uh, that was definitely my favorite too. Seeing my son and his yeah. you know, teammates play the, the Delray pizzeria. Um, nice pizzeria team. That, that was fun making it to the championship and then unfortunately losing, but really just, it was a, it was what I needed from 2020 when everybody's down and you're wondering, should we play? And we had a team that actually respected the protocols and, you know, didn't use the dugout and spaced everybody out. And it was the most encouraging group of kids I've ever been around in youth sports. It was just really heartwarming to see. It was a group of kids. They were good. Some really good ball players, Mm -hmm. but so enthusiastic. And they seemed to be more excited by the sideline antics of cheering for each other and rally caps and making stupid pizza puns for their, for their rallies. And it was really cool. I enjoyed that. It was a great respite um, from everything Mm -hmm. else. Uh, it sure was. That was weird. I, I wrote back at there, Rob, on New Year's Eve. Um, I, I was just thinking of Pim asking us this question. I, I just, we miss our JMU people. Yeah. And we're, we're looking forward to whatever day we can all be together again. Uh, well, I couldn't believe I, that, that it, it seemed wild that the, the Frisco game was this year, was last year. That, that's, right. I had to fact check that. I was like, no, that's crazy. That, that was crazy. <laughs> Right. That wasn't this year. And I'm like, I went to a JMU football game this year. Seemed like the weirdest thing to even think about. 
And that actually happened. And yeah, hopefully again, at some point we will be able to do that again. I just, that's what, it's just the little things. And I guess you could say football is a big thing, but I'm not talking about like a crazy tailgate. I'm like, oh, the night Danucci got in against the football team against Washington. Yeah. That the was first a- night, right? Not the, not the night that everybody yelled at him the next week, but the night when we all stayed up for that two minute warning and, yeah. and every part of JMU Twitter was awake. I mean, that really was, that felt like the first JMU thing of the year. Right. Um, that was really, really fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I miss like not just the big drawn out tailgate, but the walking from our tailgate to the stadium and mm-hmm. just casually running into people yeah. and going over for like a hug or a nap and a beer. Like, yeah, quick a little run, run through the like, oh, you know, catching up the, the <sighs> kind of by the way communication that you have that yeah. I, I used to be excited about. I definitely didn't take it for granted. Like it was neat. Like, Oh my gosh, you know, you see somebody from your freshman, year dorm or you see an old fraternity brother. Um, But I think we'll appreciate that in a much greater fashion. uh, No, years going forward. I will too. I mean, for us, we're D lot people like that little, you know, kind of get your crew together, go down the stairs all right. Before you even get in the tunnel, like evangelista or somebody is like running down from the convo. Yeah. And you walk in the tunnel and you do your JMU Dukes, you know, in in the tunnel. And then you pop out and you do a little left turn into P-Lot. Maybe you go up about 30 spaces or so and hit the the big Harrisonburg crew for a little while, right? And and then you go across the street into the field and the Richmond crew is there and everybody's there and you're just all of a sudden there's somebody you haven't seen in 15 years and yeah, you're walking in. I, I, uh, yeah, that, that, that's what I'm most looking forward to. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, getting back in that line on the, on the lakeside to get in the, with the tickets and suddenly like there's your friend's dad, you know, <laughs> like it's just, it's awesome. Can yeah. you just imagine taking a walk like that and stopping to grab a beer with somebody you haven't seen in 10 or 15 years, like it's nothing. Like that seems like something from That's, Mars. Well, it's funny that Pim was the one who asked us this question. And and I feel like his is one of the last. The tailgates we'd stop by. We, like yeah. if they're still there and we're not too late, like that's one of the last ones we hit on the way in. You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, absolutely. It's just, and, and you do, you, you hug, you say hi, you know, you high five, you say what do you think about the game? What, you know, yeah. what's wrong with the Towson quarterback? And then you're over there doing a some. You, you might do, God forbid. Ooh, what are you drinking? Can I have a? Yes, sip of I was going to say some <laughs> awful rum chata shot or something. You know, like yeah, you have like, ooh, is that a new beer? Yeah, t- taste it. Taste you did that it. Now you get arrested. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, let's let's get there again. Yes, <laughs> be looking forward to that for quite some time. So that's, gonna, yeah, that is going to be so weird, but yes. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll like have the can and we'll parse it out from now on or something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> carry so a little, uh, carry a little, uh, you can't even pour it in. Like, what do you, I know. What do you, <laughs> like, I guess if you don't drink from your own can. That's what I was thinking. You have a cup and a can, right? Cup yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so Or bad. you just need to bring more beer. Just mm-hmm. need to bring more beer. And if you think you need a six pack, bring a 12 pack and, that's yeah, that may be the way to go. Hand those out. Have, have a special <sighs> quarantine cooler. Yeah. Uh, there's there's 
there's an opportunity here. We we can feed on. There definitely is feed a market need. Yeah, responsible tailgating. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. The bigger quarantine cooler with yeah. yeah. Maybe everyone will go back to like pony pony bottles or whatever they are. The little yeah, tiny or ones. like yeah. um, like an ET when they're like reaching through from the outside with those gloves to do. A lead. We'll need those for coolers. Like you just reach in with your rubber gloves. Here's <laughs> <laughs> your. Oh, cooler rustling is my, you know, that's my favorite sound in the world. Yeah. uh, I need that back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Rob, it's so good to talk to you. It's going to be be a fun 2021. Um, At some point this year, like I hope, right, by November, we're not going to be talking about this at all. We're just going to be talking about playing Villanova in the next game and like who needs to win to get in, you know? So. Yeah, regardless, we're looking forward to what is coming up. By the time most of you hear this, it will be 45 days. Rob, by the time we talk again, there will be less, there'll be 39 days until kickoff, hopefully. Um, so that'll be exciting. And hopefully the women will be 3 0 in CIA play. It's looking like that's a distinct possibility. So, yeah. Oh, so, before we go, we got to yeah. just one last thing we don't need to. Yeah, no. um, Brandon Staley. I mean, this I'm is something so I've been kind of tracking all year that yeah. he's not quite the B enemy type guy. I'm like, Oh, this is definitely the hot coordinator, but he's been maybe that just notch below of like, this is a coordinator defensive coordinator. Who's going to be in the running for head coaching jobs. He's rumored to be the jets top target. Um, for people who don't remember, he was the defensive coordinator under Everett Withers who had success. He's had success everywhere he has been where he has not been associated with Everett Withers. And um, <laughs> so obviously, you know, people remember those defenses in the first years, maybe not being the best thing, but he was a guy that you and I remember were really excited about. He had, he had coached on the Very staff, much. John Carroll, a mm-hmm. really successful small program. Um, mm-hmm. He had the good sense to, after one year with, with Withers to kind of get the heck out of Dodge and yeah, Withers- start his career. He's been successful everywhere he's been and is just a rising star in the coaching profession. Clearly, you cannot take credit from the JMU thing, but you can root for the guy. Um, and I'm rooting for this guy big time. Um, oh, so yeah. much so that I, I would like him to go someplace other than the Jets where he has a chance of success. But um, really, really very successful guy. He's been the Rams defensive coordinator under McVay. Um, just a, a wonderkind. And it could be a rising star in profession who did do some time at JMU as the defensive I mean, player. we joke about the Jets, but, uh, you know, NFL head coaching positions are – you know, come on. That's that's well, that's I it. Mean, no, right. Nobody would have won the Bills job a couple of years ago and McDermott's correct. And it. look, yeah. in, in a non gay world, they're gonna be accidentally better, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just oh, it's awesome. And I had forgotten kind of how much you know Rob, I think we've always tried to dance around this a little bit and be pretty much just take the position that we're thankful for the time when Withers was here. We're thankful for the time when Houston was here and we continue to move on. But I had forgotten about the turmoil um, in the two Withers years, yeah. right? And the turnover and the, I don't know, insecurity of some of what was going on at that time. And yeah, I'm just really, really happy that this, that the coach Staley has gone on to bigger and better things. Yeah, no, I, it, it, yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, I'm a little bit of 
passive aggressive comments in the media and, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not the defensive coach. And blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see that he immediately got himself in a better position by returning to his old job and got right on that track to success. And it appears like it's all going to work out for him. And he's just a guy that I'm really pulling for. I, I, I thought that was really exciting. There were rumors all season that he was going to get these interviews, but here we are first Monday after the regular season and Adam Schefter's tweeting that he's already, you know, Oh, and like Rams people are like mad cause they don't want him to leave and stuff yeah. like, right. I mean, obviously they're in the playoffs. So there's, you know, some, all the kind of normal circumspect discussion timing. about these things. Yeah. Timing about these things, but yeah. And you know, certainly doesn't have, doesn't hurt to have Indomitian and Sue and, or, you know, Aaron, uh, Donald. Aaron Donald in the middle of, sorry, I'm thinking of the, Washington game already, but yeah, I mean, they've got some good players, but man, what a rise. It's in- also just funny too. Cause I think the statute of limitations has passed on what you were saying. We're, we can now joke about some of the less polished aspects of the Withers years without sounding like sour grapes. I, I think enough time has passed. Yeah. We we've kind of, that just, was a, uh, that was a particularly, um, incohesive defensive approach that was used for those couple of years. And I think now we're seeing that it had very little to do with the football acumen of the defensive coordinator in that first year. I think the thing we can probably say fairly right now is we should all be, there are two things that we should be really grateful for from the Withers years, right? One of them is Vadley. Yes. Right. Who was a rocket ship, Mm -hmm. um, who we were all fortunate enough to, be around and the other is the hmm i don't want to say this politely um the the modernization of the jmu recruiting efforts yes some of them were um some of those and some of that modernization may have burned bridges but the infrastructure may have been increased in in a positive way right (laughs) the building of the true uh bleeding purple booster group uh, withers was great for the shot in the arm get in here shake things up let's actually take advantage of all these great facilities and actually start being a little more I mean, braggadocious about the fact that jamie really was the big kid on the block that, that was something yeah. that i don't think was really being taken advantage of it was just and let's get the people. 10 or 20 or 30 most influential most well-off donors who believe that to involve them really get on board and be a part of the program, right? Like let's, let's establish our network in a way that we've never really done it before. And I, I, yeah, that, that part. He was a perfect person for that. Like let's get in there, but he also got out at the right time because that, you know, yeah, it, from an X's and O's standpoint, this was not going anywhere. Like <laughs> and Jim he brought off the people like Staley who probably should have been, probably should have been allowed to have a little more, you know? Yeah. 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 Sometimes that, sometimes those messages only last, you know, there's, there's a shelf life for him. Mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh, you see it, you know, he can come in. <laughs> yes, you do. Really, really. And then all of a sudden it just wears thin and people stop responding to the same message. Um, it can be a little easier in college because you're cycling through that that roster in that locker room. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, Withers, there was a lot of positive. And JMU, he left and JMU was in position to really bring in somebody else who could capitalize it. And then same thing when Houston left. But but 
we also we're can probably really lucky that it's been years now. Like we can say those defenses were terrible and horrendous. We're and, probably really lucky that Weathers was there for two years and only two years. Absolutely. Right. It, it I, I don't turn the other way. Yes. And I don't, I feel like Houston ended up inheriting a roster that still had, you know, remnants of Mickey recruiting. Um, but also this new injection of very modern recruiting, you know, and, and turning it into a championship product. Well, taking those same defensive players who had all of the talent in the world (laughs) and putting them in a position to win, which is kind of what coaching is about. And it took them a couple, I mean, it's, the fact that it was able to that Trot did that yeah. basically over the course of one season uh-huh. and got it from being the part in the end zone defense yeah. to the defense that went into Fargo and shut down North Dakota State yep. might be one of the most underappreciated things in, in JMU sports history. Yeah. I mean, it, it was amazing. When you look at that, that unit the year before they came on board was just a sieve. It was a it was a run and shoot offense and a run and shoot defense. Yeah. And it really, those guys, credit to the players too. Oh, heck yeah. And being coachable and doing things where it wasn't. But even look back at a couple of those early games, we had serious questions about that defense. And by the end, it was was an all-timer. Yeah. That was amazing. So. Oh, yeah. Yep. And and I I don't know. I think the next transition might have happened at the right time too. So we'll. I agree. Maybe a few years from now when the statute is over, statute limitations is over, we will revisit that as well. Yeah. 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 So let's hope. We can only hope that we're looking back positively at that transition as well. So, yeah. Rob, it's great to talk to you. Yeah, Um, good talking to you too. I'll be looking forward to next week and more basketball and and getting really close to football. I mean, we're going to have to start doing serious preseason stuff here. So it's going to be fun. All right. Thanks, everybody. Night, Rob. Go Dukes. I keep forgetting you can polish off a bottle just by taking a sip.